The System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 108, where we're going to be talking about how to plan your CFO calls with standardized agendas. I'm really excited to share this interview with you guys because this really is crucial when you are creating client call processes, but also this guest is a awesome, awesome resource all about the financials of your business. Now, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular, fantastic. Either way, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on the next episodes, be sure to subscribe or go to systemsamey.com for show notes and freebies. Now let's get ready to hear from our guest. Hey, Brooke, how are you doing today? I'm great, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. I'm super excited to talk about this. I know I'm going to be taking notes um, around kind of coming up with a a standardized agenda for your client calls. Um, But before we hop into that, I want to have you share a little bit about you and your business. Wow, me and my business. So my company is called Cathedral Capital. We are outsourced fractional CFOs. So what that means is that we work with small businesses with revenues of half a million to 10 million that can't afford $150,000 a year full-time CFO, but still need that kind of strategic advice and help and deep knowledge of financials. So we work with clients to help make them more profitable. Amen to that. Um, So everyone needs to be listening up um, (laughs) to Brooke because she has just so much good knowledge. And I know when we spoke previously, I just like, it was really, really helpful to me. Um, and I'm very interested in profitable businesses, sustainable businesses, because who who just starts a business just, you know, to basically wing it all the time, you know, and not know if you're going to last another year, another six months, six months, and maybe even another three months, it can be a little scary. So y'all people are so important. Um, And so uh, we're going to dive in actually into how you um, created an actual four-part process for your client calls. Um, So kind of describe uh, what you were doing before you had this process in place, um, and then we'll kind of get into how it's transitioned. Um, Well, you said it earlier. We were winging it. (laughs) I would get on the phone with clients. It was just me. Right. And so I had all this knowledge and, you know, right. I just get on the phone and let's see how it goes. And I'm <laughs> pretty quick on my feet and I could problem solve as we went along and that was fine. But then I started hiring people and I realized that the people that I hired didn't necessarily have the same exact skill set I did. Yeah. They were much more process driven people. Mm. And to be able to give them the comfort of knowing they were providing good services and to make sure that my clients were getting like same services, whether they were working with me or one of the people that works for me, you know, we needed some standardization. So, um, it was, it was definitely a need. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So totally. I get that. And so then, 
what finally drove you to put that process in place was most likely the hiring. And you, you mentioned that the people you were hiring were more process people. Um, and so was it that they put their own process in place and you realized it was different than yours or was it from jump? They were like, we need your process. <laughs> um, well, my first hire actually has a favorite expression. She's like, I need to know where the edges of the baby that are the crib, yeah. the playpen. That's what it is. I need oh. to know where the edge of the playpen is, ah. you know, where, where she had latitude. So she told me right off the bat that she liked those parameters. And as I was training her, I realized I need to put this in place for her comfort. Yeah. And so it became very easy. So we developed an agenda. It's got, you know, about four parts to it. Yeah. And that worked pretty well for a while. You know, there was an intro, there was an agenda setting sesh, section, mm -hmm. there's a part all about financials, and there's a part all about special projects. Gotcha. But I think, as you know, you put a process in place, and that's not the last time you look at it, right? No, not at all. <laughs> so we discovered as we did this, because we've been working on this process now for four years. Right. And... So we went back after about a year or two and realized that we were setting the agenda, which is the second part of our call. We were setting the agenda and we were really putting our clients on the spot and saying, okay, this is what we think we need to talk about today, which we had planned, right? So we were all prepared for that. What's on your list? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so we're like, okay. Right. We have a solution for this. So we added another piece to the process where the night before they're reminded to fill out a, a form that talks about where they are for the month, what's going on, what's changed, what were your homework assignments from our last call? Did you complete them? Did you not complete them? And we found that it really focuses our clients. So then our calls became much more productive. Totally. I love that because so many times you do get on the call and the client's like, what? Hmm, I'm just going to like show up, you know? And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, I came prepared. Let's, you know, kind of, I like that you bring it both together because a lot of times people do think, oh, I'm just supposed to run the agenda. But a lot of times, um, you know, clients may not know what their expectations of the call are are right off the bat, but they do have expectations about the call. So I like that you pull that out of them the night before. Yeah, we really try, everything we do is very collaborative. Yeah. And we believe that we are on our client's team. We're part of the team. Right. So we're very team-based. Yeah. So we did that for a while and that was working. And then um, I hired more people yeah. who are even more process-driven. <laughs> And um, our most recent changes actually are in advance of a big software implementation that we're going to do. Mm -hmm. We have this agenda with four parts, right. or we have this outline with four parts. Yeah. We set the agenda for each of the four parts. And now we have reporting that we use internally on each of the four parts. So as my ladies are going through and they're doing their calls. Yeah. They're actually filling out forms. Oh, that's and, nice. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's 
it's great. They only have to fill out this form once. And then one part of the form goes to the client immediately afterwards and is a quick update of what was discussed and what tasks and what homework. Yeah. Who's responsible for dates. Part of it goes to me once a week so I can keep up with what is going on with my clients. I mean, and part of it is really specifically notes for the CFO. So that's been so helpful. Totally. I totally, totally. I mean, yeah, if, if you're not measuring, and I know you appreciate that, obviously, if you're not measuring, then how can you possibly know if you're making progress? Like, you can't possibly know that. Um, and so um, I love that you just keep, like, the weekly updates and you get just about calls, about, you know, what was discussed, homework, but also the financials, I'm sure, and all of that. So it's, it's really, really key. So, okay, walk us through the steps. Uh, from A to Z, kind of what um, this looks like. So you started with um, the the night before, um, you know, with your clients, but also I'm sure there's some prep on your team of the day before maybe um, a little bit. So start us out there. It probably starts the day before with the client. They get the email, they click the link, yeah. uh, they fill out. It's a job form. Nice. Yeah. I know you're familiar with those. Yeah. <laughs> So then it magically appears in their CFO's email box. And um, so the CFO can take it. They usually, the CFO usually starts the day of the call. Okay, gotcha. So they get kind of some forewarning about what the client's going to want to talk about. Basically, are there fires that need to be put out? Right. And then they look at what's on their agenda and what they want to do. So, you know, certain times of the year we discuss different things. The last two months, it's been all about budgets, though we don't like to call them budgets. We like to call them profit plans. That is a lot lovelier. Because <laughs> yeah, we don't think of when you think of a budget. It's a pain in the rear. You don't want right. to do It's restrictive. It's right. all that you can't do. Yeah. So we talk a lot about profit plans. So how are we going to spend money to make money? That's much more fun. Way more fun. <laughs> So the past two months have been all about that. So we've been planning 2018 with our clients. Right now, it's all about bonuses because yeah. there's a bunch of individuals yeah. who want to manage the cash on that. Yeah. Um, so sometimes we have projects that are based on time of year. Yeah. We also work really hard with our clients to do goal setting. So if they had set a goal to do something, we generally have tasks that are assigned to that, and and we're looking at that. Yeah. So we may have needed to go and talk to an accountant about something. Yeah, be ready for the next call. So we kind of look at the goals, we look at what the client submits, and then we look at the time of year. Gotcha. And so we do whatever prep we need to do. Yeah you know, pull their financials. Um, we also do every Friday, there's an email that goes out to every bookkeeper who's uh-huh. as a call the next week saying, this is the date of the call. We right. need financials 24 hours in advance. Right. Yes. So pulling in other people like the bookkeeper. Yeah. So we've, so, you know, the CFO's checking to make sure that the financials have been loaded, any last minute questions for the accountant. Yeah. And on the call, we go through the call, we yeah. set the agenda, yeah. agree on a plan, go through it. And then at the end, mm-hmm. the 
the, the best part of this whole thing mm-hmm. is that our CFOs are making notes while they're on the phone with the client. I know. In, in these forms that we've created. And they used to not do it that way. They used to hang up from a client and they would spend half an hour to 45 minutes writing down what was said and taking their, their oh yes, handwritten, we're all pretty visual people, handwritten notes from the legal pad and typing them up. Right. And then sending parts. So that's cut a lot of time. Right off of every client. So that's been fabulous. Um, so once a call's over, there's a section that goes out to the owner, to the client. This is what you've committed to doing, Mm -hmm. what we've committed to doing. And then at that point we actually do what we've committed to. So whether it's calling the accountant, talking to the bookkeeper about a problem, getting on the phone with, um, you know, the 401k plan administrator. Right. Yeah. No, totally. That's super smooth. And I like that um, you do take the notes on the call because yeah, it, it, it's almost this weird, you know, at least it happens to me when I get off the call, it just is like, I don't even know what just happened. Uh, (laughs) Just because, you know, there's so much that goes on and I have four hour intensive, so it is a little bit longer. Um, But just when you have those client calls and you, there were just things that were mentioned and do you record your calls as well? We do not record our calls. Mm, Uh, We will record certain calls if there's an issue coming up, if there's something that we know we're going to want to go back and work on again. But um, a lot of what we do is so sensitive. Right. Yeah. We really want people to feel comfortable. And if, you know, if it's being recorded, right. Yeah. Be quite as free with information. Yeah, no, that's super, super true. So you really do have to take good notes throughout the call. Yeah. There are a lot of notes. I have, before we went to the system, I've got an entire file cabinet full of oh my files with yellow legal pad pages. Oh, gosh. With all my scribbles. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, that, yeah. And I think also standardizing it helps, you know, if somebody does leave your team and someone else has to come in or the stuff like that, it's all there and everyone knows how to pick up where the other person left off um, which like a lot of people don't think about as well Um, if you do have like an agency type model um, or whatnot just how smooth is that transition going to be then or if you have to pop in um, and look at somebody's notes one of your CFO's notes then you know exactly where to look and how it's structured so you're not having to you know scroll reinvent the wheel right exactly exactly not about that well and it's and it's great because i don't work with all of our clients i can't right. work with all of our clients right i know what's going on and it is rare you know i very much have an open door policy with clients yeah if you've got a question whatever shoot me an email you want to get on my calendar no problem it is rare that i get an email from a client that i don't know what they're talking about that's incredible yeah because we have got this communication system down. Yeah. So one of our big things, one of our core values is that we're responsive and we have mm-hmm. what I call the sundown rule that you have to respond to emails by the end of your work day. However you define your work day, but by the end of the day, you've got to respond. And um, because of our communication system, because of the way we, we have designed these notes in the system, Yeah. 
I can respond quickly because yeah. I know what's going on. I don't have to do a whole lot of research. I know. That is, that is glorious. And I love that responsive is one of your core values because that's something that a lot of businesses I can say are not, um, that is not one of their core values. Um, and so, but it also is, especially when you're dealing with sensitive situation or those fires that have to be put out or, or stuff like that, then responsiveness is something that really is a unique selling point for you. Um, because to know that you are there is priceless, honestly, um, in those situations. Yeah. There's nothing worse than sending out an email and hearing crickets like get there i know <laughs> i know it's still alive right exactly so so i think that's super super crucial um and so i think this will be a good way especially um i do have a lot of people following me that do own agencies and that um you know they aren't the one always talking with the clients they have somebody else working in there you know just the managing um, aspect. And so I think this will be really helpful for them when their people are having calls, how to standardize that to help them as a manager, but also to just help the team's overall efficiency, which you definitely touched on. Absolutely. It also really helps the client. Mm -hmm. So um, this year is all about systems for my. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you read Traction by Gina Wickman? I love that book. <laughs> so for those of you who haven't read it, go read it because right. it is fabulous. And it really kind of gives you the structure on which to run a company. So we recently had our big once a year meeting where we set our goals. Nice. And one of our goals is infrastructure. Mm. That's our one year goal. So it's all that system. It's yeah. all that stuff that we're doing to give us the infrastructure on which to run. Um, and right. one of the things we did, part of that was client education. And we wrote a book about how to get the most out of your CFO. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, isn't it? And so it goes out to clients. And part of what's in there is this is what every right. phone call is going to look like. So the clients know what's going to happen. Right. Every call has the same structure. It doesn't have the same content, but it has the same structure. So they know exactly what to expect. Yeah, exactly. Managing expectations is like half of business. <laughs> it's like Only half. Right. Like I would <laughs> want to say way more than that. Um, and so it, it really just helps everybody be on the same page. And I love that infrastructure was, was something that um, you were looking to really tighten up because um, a lot of times it's an afterthought and it's understandable, you know, you're having to run the business on the day to day, um, but to overlook the infrastructure as a whole and to see where those gaps are, um, I'm sure we're super invaluable. And yeah, Traction is a super, super great book. Um, yeah, I love it. And what's so amazing, I have the most incredible team. I love my team. Yeah. And they are the ones that said, we need the infrastructure. That was their input. It, that was right. not something that I, that came top down. Yeah. It's just very organic for our company. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. All right. So I'm going to go into the few last questions. Okay. Uh, so what was your best financial investment in business? Ooh, hiring. Yeah. <laughs> the theme of the, of the episode. <laughs> uh, we, um, we, 
we are a service-based business. We only work with service-based businesses. And basically, that means any business that runs on the billable hour. You run on the billable hour, whether you charge by the hour or not. Right. You know, you make money off of people. And um, only when you hire can you increase the revenues of your company. Because there's only so much one person can do. So... Yeah, absolutely. My best financial investment has been in my people and we do invest in them. Um, I take them. Uh, one of my ladies and I went to a three day conference in San Francisco because oh, there was, she felt like there was a hole in her knowledge base on angel investing. So we went and spent three days helping her learn about angel investing. I've, I'm right. taking one of my other ladies to Florida um, January to work on, on mindset because we have so many mindset problems that come up around money with our clients. Yeah. Um, I love that you invest in your team. It's something that people, people who really get it and understand that it's not just, you know, hiring isn't just a transactional thing. You really want to build up your people, um, and, and pour into them. And so many people are scared to do that. Um, which is unfortunate. Um, but I love that you take your ladies on trips and have them like see what gaps they see, um, and help them to fill that. Yeah. You know, I always want them to be comfortable when they're on the phone with clients. Yeah. And when they start to say, you know, this issue's coming up. All right. We're going to find a solution for that. We're going to find, you know, I will absolutely step in and help them in the short term. Right. I mean, really, am I the best one to teach you about angel investing? I am an angel investor, but no, I'm probably not (laughs) as good as the experts we met out in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, totally. I love, love, love that. And then what was your worst financial investment in business? Oh, you know, that's hard. Yeah. (laughs) It is a tricky question. I was talking to my marketing person about this earlier. Mm. And I said, oh, we hired this company. Mm. And she said, yeah, but you learned so much from that experience. Mm-hmm. Mm. So um, I've had a few expensive um, lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as she said, I really did learn a lot. Yeah. No, that is good. Um, and I don't want to regret Right. So I want to look at it from a more positive point of view. One of the things that is good is because we're financial people, because we are numbers driven, we, we measure everything. Yeah. And so we are able to stop unprofitable activities quickly. Right. So for instance, I, we had a client, so we do it for ourselves and we do it for our clients. We had a client who wanted to do TV Mm-hmm. I said, okay, that's fine. It was $10,000 a month. Right. Okay, great. Right. It was in the profit plan. It wasn't in the budget. It was in the profit plan. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, we had discussions with the marketing agency. We're like, okay, so how long will it take to see the results? Right. Because it's not fair to say, oh, it's been two weeks. I don't see anything. I know it doesn't work. Right. 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 So they said, you will definitely see results in three months. So three months, $30,000, we had $236 of revenue. Stop. 
And I'm like, that's it. It's over. Right. You got your three months. Yeah. And the owner fought me on it, actually. She was like, no, can't we do a couple more months? I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, yeah. They just refer to it as AFA. You know, when you check out of the hospital against medical advice, AMA. Yeah. So uh, against financial advice. Yeah. So she went AFA for a couple of months and kept doing it. Mm. And um, at the end of two more months, I think we had a whopping total of around $500 of revenue. And she was like, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't, there are probably financial mistakes, but I prefer to look at them as financial learning curves and just being cognizant enough of what you're spending and right. what you are expecting to get out of it. Right. So that if we're not getting that result, we just cut it off. Right. You really, yeah, I agree. Looking at, you know, how much time and money you're investing in something and then, because time is an expense. My I was going to say, you were so good. You picked up that time is an expense. Yeah, it really is. Like how much time and, you know, I... Uh, for example, th like this podcast is more of a driver of opportunities than it is in which I guess in turn come back around to revenue, but it's not like a lot of my clients listen to my podcast. However, I get speaking engagements, I get other podcast interviews, I get all sorts of other things from having this podcast that then come back around and get me clients. So yeah. it's understanding how this stuff works. Um, and so for me, it's a little bit of a longer game and, but it also is, you know, partially connecting with really awesome people who know a lot more about things that I know very little on, um, and showcasing them. And, and with my audience, they always want to know who's in like my circle and who I'm meeting. And so this is a great opportunity and I enjoy, um, and you know, takes about a week every five months um, out of my life. Um, and so it works, you know, um, but really looking at that stuff is something that um, I think more business owners um, could do. And especially in this like reflective time that we're in right now um, of just, you know, what have we spent this year? What do we want to spend next year? Looking at the profit plans and all that good stuff. Um, so, so that stuff is really, really huge. So where can people find you online? Website, social media, where, how can people get a hold of you? So you find us on, um, our website is cathcap.com, C-A-T-H-C-A-P.com. Right. And we are, you can find us on Twitter at at CAFCAP CFO. And of course, we're on Facebook. Just search for Cathedral Capital. We're on LinkedIn. Yeah. We're all those places. Yeah. <laughs> all the places. And we'll have them on the show notes for people to easily uh, be able to find you. Um, so thank you so much, Brooke, for coming on. I know people are really going to enjoy the information that you brought today. So thanks so much. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode.